Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, let me just let you all know that it is freezing in Texas, USA. It's about Last time I checked, it was like 27 degrees Fahrenheit. And for us, that's the ice age. Oh, yes, it is absolutely cold today. But we do know that that Texas heat is around the corner. Amen. So what do I want to talk about today? Oh, I know holy living. Don't you love it? I do. So I figured while I was in study, I might as well just bring you all in with me. So we are going to get to a lot of scriptures today. We are going to be turning some paper pages because I am working with my paper notes today And in advance, I apologize for any ruffling sounds you may hear, but I'm actually putting my hands on paper today. So before we get started, I would like to pray from 2 Peter chapter 3. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you. Hallowed be thy holy name, Father. It is an absolute honor to get to know you better and better each and every day. Father, today I want to bring to your people some scriptures about holy living. For you have called all of us, those who have called on the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be saved, we are commanded to be holy as you are holy. And so, Father, from time to time, if not all the time, all I want to do is to encourage your people 
as well as myself that we must live holy. And the only way that we are going to know how to live holy is to go into your word because we cannot trust this world to tell us how to live right, how to be right, how to do right. Because everything that they would tell us to do, it will always be a perverted, a perverted version of how we should live in Christ Jesus. So Father, I ask for wisdom today. I ask for guidance and may the Holy Spirit show us what is truth because Jesus told us that he is the truth. And so we can, we can gain, gain comfort from knowing that when we read your holy words, we will see the truth the absolute truth. Father, I give you all of my praise, my worship. I give you everything within me. Father, you are loving kindness. You are righteousness and justice. Because we see in Jeremiah 9 that you desire these things. Father, I ask, I ask for, for more grace and help to be able to live in these last days. And so, as a member of the body of Christ, I pray that we all unite as one body. Iron sharpens iron. Father, I pray that to, that today's lesson bring you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. I want to start off with 2 Peter chapter 3. Because the coming day of the Lord, folks, it is fastly approaching. So starting at verse 3. First of all, know without any doubt that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking, following after their own human desires and saying, where is the promise of his coming? What has become of it? For ever since the fathers fell asleep in death and death, all things have continued continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. Oh, really? Okay. For they willingly forget the fact that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed by being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. Verse 8. Nevertheless, 
nevertheless. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slow, amen, about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Amen. So, Father, we love your word. And we want to learn and we want to be obedient children. Father, I just wanted to say also thank you so much for your grace where this podcast is concerned. Because even as I'm studying, I I always feel prompted to bring that lesson to your people as well. And it brings me great joy that we can, under this platform, we can all study together. I just wanted to point that out, that that brings me absolutely much joy. Amen. All right, folks. So let me get my papers here. Let's put the word of God on the other side of the table. And let's get into some scriptures because for me, I love just reading the scriptures because it speaks, it truly speaks for itself. You don't have to add anything extra to it. You don't have to take anything away from it. And if you are standing in truth, you're not going to take it out of context. You're not going to, you're not going to twist it into a pretzel to fit your false narrative. You're not going to do that. You are going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak this truth into your heart so that you can gain understanding of who the Father is and who Christ Jesus is and what all that he has done for us. And the joy of it all is that we have been welcomed into the beloved. We have been adopted all because of Christ Jesus. And it it always warms my heart when I think about that God has made a way for us to be made right with him. Because before the fall of man, Adam had this awesome fellowship with God in the garden. And then, well, we all know what happened, right? Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden because he told them that, no, he told Adam that you may eat freely from all the trees in the garden except the one tree that's in the middle of the garden. 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because the day that you do eat of it, God told Adam, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you shall surely die. Now, we all know what happened. Eve was deceived by Satan who came in the body of of a snake, of a serpent, and lied to her and told her that, no, God really was trying to hold something back from you because you will surely not die. So we all can read this account in the book of Genesis. And so, lo and behold, to make the story short, Adam sinned. Therefore, sin came into the world. The fellowship that man and holy God once had was destroyed. It it was broken. And so, throughout the annals of time, the world was awaiting for the Messiah to come. Whether or not they wanted him to come, he was coming. And when Jesus came to the glory of God, he came to save his people from their sins. Because now that sin was on the scene, well, there's a penalty when you commit sin. It is death. It's the same command. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is the same commandment given to Adam in the garden. When you disobey God, there is a penalty, just like it was for Adam, just like it is for us, because Romans 6.23 tells us about what that penalty is. It says that the wages of, of sin is death. So we know that it wasn't talking about a physical death, even though death is also a penalty that comes from from sinning. But the Lord was also talking about an eternal separation from God the Father and Jesus in the lake of fire. Because the Bible tells us that that lake of fire is the second death. Yes, it is appointed according to according to Hebrews 9:27, it is appointed once for man to die in their physical body, but after this the judgment. And we all know what that final day of judgment is. It is recorded in Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15 that talks about these books because everything we are doing while in this body good or bad is being recorded in the books of our lives and so on that judgment day those books will be opened as well as another book the book of life And down in verse 15, it says that if your name have not been found written in the book of life, you will be thrown, hurled, cast into that lake of fire and it burns forever with with no relief day and night. 
Revelation 14 speaks of that the smoke of your torment will rise day and night forever and ever. So, I don't know about you all, but that bit of information, oh, it keeps me on the straight and the narrow. And not to mention that I love God. I love my Heavenly Father. I love Christ Jesus. Because had it not been for the Lord Jesus Christ, we will all be on our way to a burning hell. Because Jesus is the mediator between between us and God. Because someone had to pay that price. Otherwise, the wrath of God will be upon us. And so, God, who is love, the Bible tells us, that because, because he is love, he demonstrated that divine attribute by sending Jesus. He sent Jesus to this world to take on the penalty that was rightly due to us. And Christ Jesus died on that cross for our sins. Yes, Jesus was made to be sin, even though he was sinless. Let us not be mistaken. Jesus was absolutely perfect when he walked on this earth as a man. Yes, he is God, but he was also fully man while walking on this earth. And he walked in obedience to the father. That is why the Bible says that he is our example in how to live holy. So we know that by him dying on the cross, he nailed sin to the cross. Jesus abolished the control that sin had over our whole entire lives and he defeated death by raising by by rising out of the grave and remaining alive until this day so we have much hope that when we drop this body suit and face the Lord Jesus Christ or if he comes before then well, the promise and the hope is that we shall have eternal life. So the question on the floor is, well, in the meantime, in between time, how are we ought to be living? Well, we know that we are not supposed to be living in sin. Not that if you have been truly born again and you have you have met the real Jesus Christ because the real Jesus Christ preaches repentance. He tells us that we are to repent and believe because the kingdom of God is at hand. He was telling the people, you must turn from your wicked ways have a change of mind. No longer do we think sin is the big time fun. No longer do we think fornication, adultery, homosexuality, lying and stealing and being jealous, being greedy and covetous. 
None of that. Nope. No longer do we participate in those things. No longer should we have anything to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. It all starts in the mind. We must have a renewal of the mind. And we see this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to like, what, 2 maybe? Yeah, so that is what repentance is all about. Yes, it is a a forsaken of sin, but it is a turning, a turning away in your mind from sin and turn into obedience in God. So... That's why I want to give us a ton of scriptures that we can have for our study and meditation. Because if we, what I found out, my hand is raised, that if if I don't stay in the scriptures, staying close to Jesus, it's very easy to slip off back into the world through all of their mediums, social media, television, radio, the arts, books, CDs, DVDs, is so much out there that that appeals to your flesh that if we are not careful, careful, it's very easy to to slip back into that that comfortable, easy way of trying to serve God and this world. And it don't work, my friends. So, as we will see from these scriptures, what Jesus commands us to do, what is sin, and the consequences of sin. And so, the overall theme of today's podcast is holy living. Amen. So let's go. Starting, let's start off in the Old Testament. Okay. Psalms 119 verse 9. How can a young person, hold on, let me pull this over here in front of me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Question mark. By living according to your word. Amen. So we can just end it right there. But nope. Because how can a person stay on the straight and narrow. Being obedient to God. By living according to his word. And so, thank you, Holy Spirit. That is why we are going to go through a ton of scriptures that we can live by so that we can remain holy and pure. Amen. Leviticus 20, verse 26. You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy And I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Amen. Amos 5.14 Seek good, not evil, 
that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as you say he is. Amen. And folks, the wonderful thing about going through these scriptures is that if you were ever in doubt about how we ought to live, the Bible speaks for itself. It tells us how we ought to live. The problem is that if we are not in the word of God, then we then we don't know how to live. And if we go off the word of the false pastor who loves to twist these scriptures to depart you from your money, you won't have the full context. You will actually believe the lie that that they love to say that Jesus died so that you can be blessed and healthy and wealthy and that how you can be a help to your community now that you have all of this money. The false church loves loves nothing more else to do but to keep your eyes on this earth. When Jesus told us that we we are to store up treasures for ourselves in heaven because that Jesus that the false church presents is a fake Jesus. It is a false God because they want you to worship the God of mammon. All they talk about is money. Rarely, rarely if they ever mention sin and if they do mention it, it is only to tell you that sin is a blessing blocker. That if you do have sin in your life, then guess what? God can't get to you that fourth Cadillac. God can't get to you a uh, health. God can't get to you that that spouse that you've been praying for. He can't get to you that that perfect job you want. No, that is not what sin is. Sin is breaking God's holy word. And if you don't stop it, and if you don't repent, you will die in your sins. They are not going to preach sin like that because their agenda is to not offend you because if they offend you, you are not going back to their churches. And if you and if you don't go back to their churches, they can't continue to hit you in the head with the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed. And that is why, my friend, it is important for us to lay our own eyeballs onto the word of God and read it in its full context so that if we do go to a church for fellowship and when that man up there starts the the twist the scriptures, we know to grab our hats, our coat, and get up out of there. Amen. So Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. Because Jesus commands us to 
choose the narrow way. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that lead it to destruction. And many, many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which lead it unto life and few, few there be that find it. Jesus is telling us that many will be on that broad way to destruction. A lot of people on that broad way claims that they are followers of Jesus. But folks, listen, the fact remains that if you are in intentional, continuous, practicing everyday sin, you are just living in it. Not that you miss the mark and you confess and, and God cleanses you from all unrighteousness. No, I'm talking about practicing lawlessness every day. You are not ashamed of it. You are not convicted by it. You, you continue to make excuses for it. You justify it. You actually lie on God and says and say that God approves this. Uh-uh, you're not going to make it. And so that is why he says that few will find that straight. Wait, how he say it? Yeah, um, that's that straight gate, that narrow door. Because a lot of people, come on, we all can admit this, that sin for a season seems pleasurable. Sometimes we get so deceived by it that we think it's okay to continue to stay in it. So Jesus says that few will find that narrow door. Folks, 1 Timothy 4, 7 have nothing to do with godless myth and old wives' tales, rather train yourself to be godly. And this is where discipline comes into play. Now, folks, I get it. There are there are some things that seems to uh, stumble us along the way. Some things we know to do what is right. And sometimes we may not always do the right thing, but then we always get that check from the Holy Spirit in our spirits that, nope, we have to do better. And that is why First Timothy 4, 7 commands us to train ourselves to be godly. So if that means stop hanging around folks, you, you know, that hate Jesus, you know, these people are not trying to live godly at all. Certain places we can go certain people and groups we cannot be around. Truth be told, certain family members, we, we have to love them from afar. 
okay? Because they ain't trying to stop smoking that weed and drinking that alcohol and cussing and lying and taking God's name in vain. Yeah, certain people, even the ones we love in our family, we're going to have to keep them at arm's length. Why? Because we are training ourselves to be godly. And the last thing we need is any influence from the other kingdom. Amen. First Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, that's the mindset. We have to be of the mindset of 1 Peter 2 verse 9 that we are a chosen people. No, we don't align ourselves as sinners anymore because we have been born again. And that's the problem with the false brethren or the lukewarm brother or sister. Because they are in sin, they want to self-project their ungodly living onto all of us that we all sin. No, we are training ourselves to be godly. Now, if you are not doing that, you can't just assume that we all are sinners. Yes, at one time we were all sinners. But if we are walking and living and being obedient to God's command, no, we are not sinners anymore. Because if that was the case, then Jesus died that horrific, brutal, bloody, violent death for nothing. If we are still saying we are all sinners, and the reason why you are saying that is because you, you are in fact sinning. So, uh-uh. No, listen, folks. We are trying to get up out of here in one piece and meet the Father. Jesus has put us in a position of right standing with God. So, we, we walk in that position our position has changed dramatically. We are now a chosen people. We are no longer, glory be to God, his enemy. So we don't identify ourselves as being sinners. Not to say that we have reached perfection as of yet, but we strive every single day to walk that straight and narrow path like Jesus commands us because that that is the directional flow that we go we don't go backwards we don't we don't go back to the vomit we don't get ourselves entangled up and enslaved by sin again 
Because then we will be crucifying Jesus over and over and over again. Trust and believe the one time was enough. So 2 Peter 2 tells us that if we allow ourselves to get tangled up in sin again by going back out there into the world, we would be worse off than before. And the the telling part of that scripture for me is when when Peter says that it would be better if you had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and to reject the command that was given to live a godly life. You just prove the proverb. It's like a dog that goes back to its vomit. And another that says a washed pig returns back to the mud. So no, friends, we're going to have to buckle up and fly right because time is of the essence. We do not know when Jesus will call us out of this bodysuit. It could be in the next second. And if you are in sin, it's not going to be pretty, my friend. So Jesus tells us, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Hold on, bring my paper down here. Shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man of vantage? If he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. That's Luke 9, 23 to 25. It will be a daggone shame. This world has absolutely nothing to offer you. It does not. So, let's see. Yep, First Peter 1, 16. Clearly say we believers should uh, be holy. Yep, because it says, because it is written, you shall be holy because I am holy. Folks, let me just point this out because I'm going to get to some scriptures about what sin is so that we are not confused. Okay, we are called to live as children of the light as he is in the light. So shall we be also. We must repent and put away every sin that so easily besets us. And that's just the bottom line. Now we can kick and scream and holler about, oh, it's just so impossible to stop sinning. No, it's not. Not if you got that picture of that lake of fire in mind. Not that, not if you have the compassion in your heart that when you sin, you displease your heavenly father. No longer do we want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We are in this point in time in our faith walk that we must 
endure until the end. We must run this race. The fact that our hands are on the plow, we cannot be looking back. We're going to have to get this in our thinking that we are chosen people. We now have peace with God. That war, that that wall of hostility that was between us and the living God has been brought down through the shed blood of Jesus. Jesus on purpose laid down his life for us. As a matter of fact, let me come over here to 1 Peter. And then I'm going to get to some scriptures about what sin is. Hold on a second. Because 1 Peter. Here we go. Let me see. Where do I want to start? Because all of 1 Peter is absolutely wonderful. Let's. Let me. Let me bring y'all to verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not even see him now, you believe and trust in him and you and you greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy. Amen. And that's the mindset that will keep us on the straight and narrow. So look. Verse 13 of 1 Peter. So prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely, my friend, on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 14, live as obedient children of God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which govern you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation and what is that good news that God has made a way for man to be reconciled back to him through the death burial and resurrection of his son the Lord Jesus Christ that through the shed blood of Jesus You can have forgiveness of your sins. No longer are you an enemy of God. His wrath is no longer upon you because he poured it out on Christ Jesus on the cross. Jesus, glory be to God. He he made that that fellowship happen again. No longer are we on the broad way to destruction. The good news is that through the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, you can be made right with God. But we must stay out of sin now. We cannot live straddling the fence. One moment you all for the kingdom of God. And then the next moment you back over there in the enemy's territory. 
Oh, absolutely not. So the command down in verse 16 of first Peter, you shall be holy set apart for I am holy. Amen. Look, verse, let's see, verse 13, verse 18. For you know that you were not redeemed from your useless, spiritual, spiritually unproductive way of life, inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased, purchased with precious blood, precious blood like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. For he was foreordained, foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared publicly in these last times for your sake. Verse 21, and through him you believe confidently in God, the heavenly father who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Amen. Come down to verse 23. I love it for you have been born again, again, the mindset and that, that is what I so love about the word of God because it gets the mind right. It sets the mind how we ought to be thinking and looking at things. Our perspective must change, folks. We must have the, the perspective of heaven. So look, verse 23 of 1 Peter. For you have been born again. That is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed, which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal, that is through the living and everlasting word of God. Amen. And this is the word, the good news of salvation, which was preached to you. Amen. And that's verse 25 of second uh, of first Peter one. So let us take a look at some scriptures about sin, because see, sometimes we be acting like we don't know what sin is. So hold on. I know all these pages are turning. I told y'all I'm coming with my, my paper notes today. So let me just slide the microphone over here. Okay, so sins that will send you to a burning hell because the price we pay for sin is death. Don't be mistaken, folks. That is why we must turn from our wickedness. Turn from riotous living, turn from sexual immorality, turn from worldly lust and passion, turn from rebellion against God, and turn to the only one that can save us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you are now free. 
to be holy. Now, don't return back to that jail cell. We have been set free to live clean, holy, and righteous lives. Christ Jesus has set us free because if the Son has set you free, you, my beloved, are free indeed. Oh yeah, because Jesus makes it makes it clear in John 8:12 when he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness." Because folks in the in the prior verse in verse 11, he had told the woman who was caught dead to rights in adultery to go and sin no more. And then we see in the very next verse, verse 12, Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the implication and expectation that if we are following Christ, then we will not walk in darkness. Folks, we cannot be in violation of the scripture and expect for all to go well in our lives. We must let, we must let this flesh know absolutely not. We are not going back to the vomit. Nope. We must all repent and live holy and righteous lives in Christ. And not make excuses or justifications for sin on any level. Because the Bible is absolutely crystal clear. That when we submit to God and resist the devil. Oh, he will flee from us. Because the mindset, if we study just like we did a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, Romans 6. I love Romans 6 because in there it tells us how we have been set free from sin. So now look, when we meet the real Jesus, because the real Jesus tells us to repent. Otherwise, you too shall all likewise perish that Jesus. Okay, because when we meet the real Jesus... Sin no longer holds its fatal attraction. Grace changes everything, my friend. Look, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We don't, folks. And that's Romans 6 verses 1 to 2. When we are born again, according to John 3, 3, the power of the Holy Spirit breaks the power that sin once had over us. And we see this in Romans 6, 6. I'm telling y'all, I love Romans 6. Once we lived only to please ourselves, but when we have been forgiven, amen, our motivation changes. We now live to please God. Amen. So here we go. What sin is? Come on. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. 
Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor nor a I can't even get it out. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates. And an effeminate man is one who who likes to dress up as a woman, very, very girlish. Um, they could be transvestites, transsexuals, and they have homosexual sex with other men. They not getting in either, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers. Them other ones with that that slanderous, abusive tongue. They ain't getting in either, nor swindlers. And them are your con men, your extortioners. They not getting in. Shall they shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Amen. Revelation 21, 8. But for the fearful, the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part shall be in the lake that burn with fire and brimstone which is the second death. So folks, if we are doing anything that are on these lists, we must stop it and turn from them, confess it and never go back to it. Mark 7, 20 to 23 says, and he said, this is Jesus, that which proceeded out of the man that defiled him. Because he was once again giving the Pharisees the royal business because they were concerned that how his disciples were not washing their hands before they eat. Because according to them, that is what defiles a man. And Jesus is telling them over here in verse 20, no, that's not what defiles a man. What defiles him is what's coming out of that heart. And so he says, um, from and verse 21 for from within out of the heart of men evil thoughts proceed fornications deaths murders adulteries lasciviousness covetings wickedness deceit an evil eye railing pride foolishness all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Amen. So Romans 1 verses 18 to 32. Folks, listen, we, we must not be deceived. The Bible is clear. The unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom. No, because the Bible also tells us that we have a great inheritance stored up for us in heaven. It will never decay. God is talking about this kingdom. His kingdom is our inheritance. And so we don't want to spend all of our time here in this bodysuit going through trials and tribulations and being sin. 
believing that we once saved, always saved, is going to heaven only to be called up out of this body suit. And now we are in the flames of torment. No, folks, listen, we like the Bible just told us we must train ourselves to be godly. Listen, we must work out our own salvation. Can't say that enough because at the end of the day, the only person that died for us is Jesus. So his words are the only ones that we live by because honestly, we must not put our trust in man. Yes, there are some godly leaders out there, godly feeders that actually preach and teach on the truth of God's word in its full counsel. But guess what? They, they are mere mortals, just like the rest of us. They too must work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, trembling just like we must. So that is why we must cling we must cling to Jesus. Jesus says that I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. There is no other way to the Father but by through him. And he was sent here to be our example. So we hang on every word that he tells us. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the word of God made flesh. So everything, everything in this word is how we ought to be living because we are in a new dispensation. Grace changed everything. And so through Christ Jesus, we don't follow the, the, the laws of Moses, which, were, which was only given to the children of Israel in the first place. And so for any pastor, preacher, teacher, bishop, what have you, prophet, prophetess, have you over there participating in the law of Moses? They are apostate or they are just simply straight out charlatans because in Christ Jesus, we follow the law of Christ. He gave us two commandments and those two commandments, all of the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. And we are to love God with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. And we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. It is now about love. It is no longer about trying to keep the, the letter of the law, the written code. Because again, the word of God tells us that the law does not justify you in the sight of God. It is only through Christ Jesus, through his sacrificial laying down of his life. That's what pleased God. So in Christ Jesus, we have now become the righteousness of God. Jesus, the, the, the great exchange happened at the cross. Christ took on our sinfulness and he bestowed upon us his righteousness. So now through the blood of Jesus, God sees us as he sees his son 
and righteousness. So we must maintain our right standing and don't let the false church tell you, oh, well, it's not about works. It's only about grace. Listen, all we got to do is read James because without works, your faith is dead. How do you know you are walking in faith, living by faith? If there is no fruit of repentance showing up in your life. Well, we are not saved by works. We know that. <laughs> okay, we know that. But how do you know you are living by faith if there is no works to demonstrate your new birth? So stop it. Yes, Holy Spirit, it is about common sense also. Okay, you you can't say you are an apple tree and all that you are producing is oranges. My friends, you are not an apple tree. You are sprouting oranges. And likewise, if you say you are a believer in Christ and all you are doing is living in sin, defending sin, not even trying to be holy, well then it just stands to reason that you may need to re-examine where you are in the faith. Where where is the fruit of repentance showing in your life? Where before all you wanted to do was sleep around, smoking weed, going to the clubs, turning up, smoking cigarettes, watching raunchy television shows, still cursing, still lying, still fighting, still being angry. Nothing has changed. It should be a clear demarcation line drawn in your life. Listen, my hand is raised. I was on both sides of the fence. I believed once saved, always saved. I believed in the false prosperity gospel that all God wants to do in my life is bless me and that I can live any kind of way because at the end of the day, so they say, I'm still going to go to heaven. No. So now when I've met the real Jesus Christ and it's all about repentance and godly living and, and holiness teaching. Yeah, there will be a change, a marked change in your life. So where was I? I tell you, I'll be going off on these tangents. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. He wants the people to know this information. I, I'm just, glory be to God, a willing vessel because I love you. I love God's people. I love the brethren. So if we could sharpen our irons together, if we can pull each other into our, our study time, that's fellowship. That's fellowship, folks. So if we, if we are falling short in any area, that's why we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves. It doesn't necessarily mean it must be in a brick and mortar building. It could be on different platforms. It could be at the grocery store, at the library, in the parking lot. 
It doesn't have to be among 10,000 people. Oh, absolutely not. Because like-minded people in Christ, oh, we, we, we find each other. That's why to the glory of God, people tune in into holiness teachings, whether it be this podcast or someone on YouTube, because yes, on YouTube is a bunch of garbage up there, but there are also these men, these women who understands that God ain't playing with that lake of fire and that Jesus is in fact on his way back. Because he told me to tell the people when he returns, his reward will be with him. And just what a few days ago, we we did the uh, teaching on Jesus reward will be with him. He will give to every man according to his works, according to his deeds. So whatever we think we are doing in secret. Nope, it will be exposed on that day. So folks, I can't stress it enough. We must live holy. We must strive every day to pick up our cross, deny ourselves and follow Jesus. We are Christ followers. And if there is any area in your life that you are struggling with stay in prayer with the father continue to give him thanks and praise listen those are our weapons okay and keep the mindset that you are born again that's why colossians tells us to consider ourselves dead to sin we are dead men walking people Eventually, we are going to get there. Whatever that appointed day is, then we will meet the Lord. So, come on. Come on. Listen, this is how we are all in this together. That's why we don't forsake the assembling of one another. So that we can can hold each other, excuse me, We can hold each other accountable to sin. Because if you let the false church tell it. Hold on. If you let. Excuse me. If you let the false church tell it. They tell you. Oh don't don't forsake yourself from coming to church. And the reason why they tell you not to do that. Because they want to count on your tithes and offerings each and every week. No, being in fellowship is so that we could sharpen our irons. We can rebuke if necessary. We can motivate and encourage one another and share our testimonies of the goodness of God and his grace and his mercy. That's why we get together. Amen. So look, Romans 1 18 to 32 says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, 
people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God. But they, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Verse 24, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy, amen, of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Listen, the Bible is telling us that God turned these people over to a reprobate mind. Look, where was I? Yep, even the women. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and indulge in sex with each other. And the men. Instead of having normal sexual relations with women burned with lust for each other, men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, listen, the homosexual community could scream to the rooftops about how what they are doing is not sin. We don't believe the lie we just read here in the scripture. And as a result of this sin, what sin? Lying with the same sex as if you were with the opposite sex, having physical relations with them. That's a sin, friend. Oh, yes, it is. Don't be mistaken. So as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, well, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, Hold on, Greg, turn this page. Murder, quarreling, deception. It's a hot mess, folks. What is this? Malicious behavior and gossip. Verse 30. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. 
because you can't forget boastful, right? They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Yes, they do. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are hot or are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet, the Bible says, yet they do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. <sighs> Folks, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. We cannot be participating in the fruitless, worthless deeds of darkness. Romans 2 verses 2 to 3 says, and we know, okay, we know. I keep telling (sighs) y'all, God ain't playing with that lake of fire. So we know. That God in justice will punish anyone who does such things as these. Okay? Do you think that God will judge and condemn others for doing them and overlook you when you do them too? Question mark. Yeah, because see, after Paul just finished laying out Romans 1... He starts off in Romans 2 by saying, listen, okay, we know that God and justice will punish anyone who, who, who does these things. So you think that God is not going to punish you too if you do them too? Because see, Paul is bringing it back home. We cannot be hypocrites. We can't be trying to go for the speck in our brother's eye when we got that big old plank in our eye oh absolutely not look first timothy 1 9 through 10 and this is going to be in closing i just got a few more scriptures okay first timothy 1 9 through 10 we also know that the law is made not for the righteous okay but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly, and sinful, the unholy, and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers. Because see, Paul is telling us who the law is for, okay? It's for, it's for the sexual immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers and for whatever else. So so you can't say, well, smoking cigarettes is not on the list. Listen, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine. Okay? Ephesians 5, 3 to 7, but among you, There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Why? Because these are improper for God's holy people. That's why. Nor, okay, because he ain't done. 
nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. So folks, there is no such thing as a Christian comet because they may not be throwing F-bombs and whatnot, but they are making light of holy, sacred language. With all of that, OMG, hallelujah, won't he do it, and all of those phrases, uh-uh, absolutely not. That's The Bible calls that foolish talk, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure. <laughs> I love it. Look, Paul is like, for of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person such as such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Amen. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've learned this week that we cannot be part, partakers and participants and partners with anyone who are doing these things against God. And so if we are watching movies written, produced, and directed by disobedient children. All you see up there is sex, murders, lying, homosexuality, everything that goes against the word of God for holy living. We should not be participating in that. We cannot be spending money that can go to good use, watching people commit sin, whether it be on TV, whether it be in on, on the movie screen, whether it be in these videos, we cannot spend money watching people worship the devil. No, we cannot. But I like watching movies. I like watching television shows. What does what did God say? He said do not be partners with them. But I'm not the one doing the acting. I like watching the football game. I like watching basketball games. Well, pro sports is the sin of emulation. Because you, because those people on that field or on that tennis court, swimming in those swimming pools, uh, playing football, soccer, baseball, what have you, they are in competition with one another. There are rivalries and jealousies. They are trying to undo someone else's championship status. That's the sin of immolation. So whether you are on the court playing the game or you are up there in the stands cheering someone on in their sin, that's sick. And that's the revelation I got this week. It is sick and wicked and perverse to watch someone, especially if you call yourself a follower of Christ and you are watching someone else participate 
in willful, deliberate, Christ-rejecting sin, you ain't going to make it. You too will share in their punishment. That's why the command is do not be partners with them. Yeah, I got that memo this week too. So join the club. <laughs> okay, amen. What else we got here? I just got a few more and then I'm going to let y'all go. Ephesians 5. Wait a minute. Did I, oh, I just read that one. Okay. Colossians 3, 5 through 9 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Okay. Because of these things, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these things in the life you once lived, but now, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander. And filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Folks. I love the word of God. Because if we were not clear about what sin is. These scriptures are making it abundantly clear what sin is and how we must stop it because we have taken off our old self with all of these ungodly practices yeah james 4 8 says come near to god and he will come near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded yeah we cannot be saying, well, I'm for Jesus, and then we off back at the club the following week. Don't know how to cover up this body, still walking in the sexy. No, uh-uh, we can't be double-minded. Nope, Romans 6, 11 to 13 says, in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, here we go. This is the command. Verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as though as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Amen. And that's the bottom line. Paul is like, look, listen. All of that energy that you put into serving the kingdom of darkness, serving unrighteousness, being a slave to sin, you put your whole effort into living that way. But now that we are born again, keep that same energy, but now for righteousness. Put your full 
energy behind doing what is right. The same way how you broke your neck to get down to that club, drink that alcohol, sleep around, commit adultery, smoking weed, watching porn, all of that energy that you mustered up for unrighteous acts, keep that same energy, but now unto righteousness. Why? Because we are dead men walking. Okay, every day we pick up that cross. We are heading to our crucifixion every single day. We are to crucify this flesh, folks. We no longer live. We have been crucified with Christ. Christ now lives on the inside of us. So the life we live in this body this, this crucified body, we live it by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave up his life for us. That is why Galatians 2.20 was a huge turning point in my life. Once I got the true teachings on repentance, the next thing the Holy Spirit gave me was Galatians 2.20. Yeah. We have to consider ourselves crucified. We can't make provisions for this flesh. Tell this flesh to shut up, lay down, and stay down. So, I think I'm going to leave you all with that. I believe I have said enough. Glory be to God, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for your word today. It does keep us on the straight and the narrow path. Father, we fear you. We, we revere your holy name. No longer do we want to do anything that displeases you because, Father, truth be told, we now have the understanding that if our names have not been found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will be thrown into that lake of fire. And Father, we know that it is not your will for any man to perish. But you have given us clear instruction that we are to train ourselves in holiness. We will, we will be without an excuse on the day of judgment. And that's the facts, Father. That is why we must strive to live repentive lives as those who have been brought from the dead back to new life in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for your grace, your loving kindness, your righteousness, and your justice. Thank you so much for saving us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Father, we lift up holy and clean hands. We come to you with a clear conscience. We love you. And your commandments are not burdensome to us because we realize these things pleases you. It brings you glory. So anything that pleases you, Father, that's what we want to do. No longer do we want to please this stinking rotten flesh nope because you told us whatever a man sows that shall we reap so all we want to do is reap unto eternal life 
Glory be to God. Father, I pray that today's lesson and excitation brought you glory. Lord Jesus, we look forward to your coming. May we, as your followers, endure until the end. Because you told us in Matthew 24 that the man who endures until the end, the same shall be saved. Glory be to God. Lord, we want to hear. Well done my good and faithful servant come into the kingdom of your father that has been unreserved for us lord we look forward to our inheritance we look forward to our glorified bodies we look forward to meeting you face to face because although we have not seen you face to face we believe in you anyway glory be to god we stand on our faith in you Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. First Corinthians 15, 33 to 34 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.